Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am super excited that you guys are here with us today. Uh, we've got a pretty uh, pretty interesting show, I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is uh, I've got a good friend of mine who's coming in hot on this show today. <laughs> and uh, we're, uh, we're really excited to hear what he has to say. Tons and tons of business experience, massive search engine expert, YouTube expert, entrepreneur who's like been around the block, had you know, bought companies, sold companies, taking companies from nothing to, uh, you know, serious levels. And uh, so we're going to get to Joe in just a moment. But before we get to Joe, <laughs> you guys know that I have to introduce my esteemed co-host, the one, the only, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Holland. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, how we doing? Excellent. Yourself? I am always good. As I always say, it's always a good day with you. It is. You know, we're uh, we're having a good time today. I we like the five or ten minutes we had before the show here. If that's any indication, of what's going to happen on the show? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's either going to be one of the time. greatest shows ever, or it's going to be a complete train wreck. Yeah, and just, I don't know which way it's going to go. Can take that into account because. Make no mistake, we've judged you before the show starts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will. I want our audience to know: in most cases, we don't have uh, we don't have video going. But today, uh, our guest was like, "Wait, what, you guys don't have video? Like, I want to see you guys, and you know, see how handsome you are, and like all this stuff." <laughs> and he was just like, "Really needed to see that." So we're on camera here, and see I noticed the, that seeing the plumage that's donning your face right now, you knew the cameras were coming on. I've been preparing for such an event. You have so, for about uh, six years by the looks of things. <laughs> yeah, I've been growing this beard since I was 12. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Marfolio. How are you today, man? Dude, I'm doing awesome. And uh, it's awesome to be here. James, I love, of, of course, your beard and your look today. <laughs> I love that microphone, man. I want to get a microphone where I could talk really deep into it like you do. and have That's that right, awesome sound. This and is I'm not going to lie, like seeing the camera and looking at your guys' microphones, I, I feel a bit insignificant right now. You should. Actually. That's, a, that's the appropriate feeling that you should be having <laughs> at the moment. You, it is a little small, Dean. You're, I just, you're not <laughs> Story of my life. Story. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I didn't even tell you. I, like, I got this whole new mic set up and everything. I was like, you know what the hell with this? I want to go all out with this show. <laughs> you're going to turn the camera around and be like, I've got soundproofing. This is an <laughs> yeah. external studio we built at the bottom of the garden. Yeah, I've got three producers sitting here in the <laughs> yeah, corner, right. like taking notes, like feeding me lines. I got a bug in my ear on what I'm supposed to talk about. I'm just expecting like a bunch of grapes to appear from the top as you jump down on a couple. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, I, uh, I I can't believe I turned on the camera and showed you all my tricks today. Um, anyway, so Joe, really great to have you. Um, you know, we've uh, we've been friends for a while. Um, I've definitely appreciated the insights that you've shared with me about a variety of things, 
not the least of which is how to create engaging content, understand how to do like a whole bunch of research into what customers really want to like be looking for and uh, and all that sort of stuff. You're a YouTube expert, SEO expert, and nobody is as handsome as you. Like if I'm, you know, completely <laughs> honest. So, uh, but it's great to have you. So, but before we get into all of the before we get to the tips, I feel like we need a little bit of foreplay here. This is true. Like, this is true. Like, Woman's up to bed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Don't don't be unreasonable. I mean, I mean this is my first time on a podcast, so I'm the best. In that case, it's always going to be the best, right? All right. So today, Joe is losing his podcast virginity. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what to make of that. But um, so so in all seriousness, like, how did you even get started, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur? I know you've been uh, you've been in the game for a while, but I don't think I even know the story about how this all happened. You know, when I graduated high school, I think... Which was like, what, 1865, 1866? 1907. Okay. Close, close. It was the year my great-grandmother was born. That was a good year. That's right. (laughs) I I actually just about flunked out of high school. I think they gave me my diploma, you know, just to to have me as a statistic that I graduated. And (laughs) it's interesting that... You know, going through school, I had dyslexia and nobody even knew what that was at the time. They just thought I just wasn't very smart. So when I left, I just got into construction, but like I always wanted to, you know, I was always interested in real estate and looking at, at like um, different opportunities. And, you know, it started out with me. I had a uh, roommate and, you know, I was going out, getting up at five in the morning, pouring concrete, getting home, you know, making like a hundred, 150 bucks a day. And I had this roommate, he would go out to like these car lots and fix like vinyl seats and repair like burns in the seat. He'd work for like two, three hours a day, make like four or 500 bucks. So I wanted to see what he was doing and and he wouldn't show me. So like I- re- <laughs> he wouldn't, What do you mean he wouldn't show you? He was like <laughs> holding back on you? Yeah, he wouldn't show me because he's like, well, then if you go out there, then it's going to take my, right? It's a real scarcity mentality. Like we lived in- Dude, at the time I was in, in San Diego and like you have hundreds of car dealerships, but he's like, oh no, you know, or so I just said, okay, fine. And I started doing research. You know, I found like some dude that was teaching me in Montana. So I went out there and I learned it. And then, then I went to Wisconsin and I lived there for two months and I, I learned from another guy, came back to San Diego <laughs> and dude, I was, I had the perfect life. I was living on the beach. Uh, literally on the beach, I was making between ten and fifteen grand a month. Month working about two and a half days a week, so it was I'll, it was. Uh, it. And this is like this is early nineteen hundreds money. This, yeah, is like, this is like when that was like a million dollars. That's right. In equivalent, like my friend wouldn't show me, so I traveled America to learn and came back and crushed him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it, what he's not telling us is his roommate actually moved out and lived in a cardboard box outside of the apartment. <laughs> that's right. But it was like I guess so like that was kind of my start where it was like. And I never really had a job per se, but that was like kind of my start, you know, seeing like, okay, leveraging my time and, and what I know to make more money. Then from there, you know, I started investing in, in houses, duplexes and triplexes, fixing them up. And then I got married and I figured, you know, th- this thing that's going so good and I have so much time now that I'm married, I want to make it really more complicated. 
And because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, so what I did was I had a friend of mine who he, he like imported glue from Italy and he would sell it to contractors who did granite and travertine. Right. So I don't know why like, that's a funny business to me. What do you do? Oh, I import glue from Italy. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> he he basically worked at like a import place, and on the side, like at the back of his truck, he sold this glue and tools <laughs> to these contractors. Right, that was like brand and gravity. It literally, and so he's like, "Hey, man, you know what? I got some contacts. We could start importing this stuff and selling it." And he made this real case about how easy it's going to be. And like me, as an entrepreneur, I'm just looking at, oh, yeah, it's going to be easy. So he's like, all we need is like, you know, uh, like I think we started total like with 20 grand. And we bought bought a container of travertine. And it, we, we actually bought the travertine from Turkey, Brought came over. He had like this very little shop. And we just kind of had it in the shop and we would just sell it to contractors. Then we bought another one and another one and we started growing the business. And this was back in 2000. I think we started that in about 2003. And from there, you know, we grew it. We moved it on to like a bigger spot. So if anyone lives in San Diego and they go off the 78 right there, we had one of the biggest import places in North County at the time. It was called Granix. It's still there. I like that we're even getting directions to where this actually used <laughs> right. to be. This I was a secret pitch going on, right? Some it was. He tried to sell us glue from Italy. For the love like, of God, I, I had no idea this was coming. So we'll hook you up with a great deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enter promo code Italian Glue at checkout and you'll get an extra bottle. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> anyway, what happened was we were growing this business on on no money, right? And just hustling. What ended up happening is my my partner, like I'm more like the 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 guy that gets stuff done and the the um, strategist where you know I make things work, and he was like the sales guy. So we would go to Italy, and literally these guys would, and we didn't really have nothing at the time. But these guys who own these quarries would take us around, like to their private vineyards. Like we would have have dinner at their at their their restaurant. Like, and he, my partner would just be like, "Oh yeah, dude, we're gonna sell hundred containers." Like <laughs> now, granted, a container is worth like between twenty and sixty thousand dollars, depending on what's in it. He's like, and you know, you, you could be part of that if you want. But, you know, he's just giving him this hard sell. Like, but you, you know, I need, I need six to 12 month terms. I need this. I need that. And I'm just sitting there like, oh man, this guy's lost his mind. And these <laughs> guys, the wine, were, the wine was good. So you went yeah. along with it. <laughs> I just, but, but the thing is, is it's like the confidence he had. Like a lot of people, when they go out to sell, I think, and they go to start on a journey, like they, like they psych themselves out. And one thing I learned from his is his confidence was so huge that people just believed him, right? And so I was the guy sitting there where he's like, all right, we'll take 10 containers. And and they gave us like a year term. And I'm like, well, we're going to do two containers now. And like, right? Like, so I was the, the guy who put logic into it, but he was just the guy that sold the stuff. So it allowed us to leverage a lot of, you know, we didn't have to come out of pocket with a lot of stuff. And what happened is that the housing market, like I saw what was happening. I saw it was going to like dip. And so I put the, you know, we wanted to sell the business and 
the interesting thing is right when we were putting up for set for for sale the market started turning and our sales started to go downwards and it would have been really bad for us if it would have you know if we would have stayed in there so what i ended up doing was looking around the landscape and seeing like what else could i sell so we imported granite travertine we would get these contractors that would come in and we're like okay what are you doing you know what what's the job okay you know like if they had a uh, a shopping mall they were doing. I'm like, okay, what do you need? Oh, you need pavers? Mm-hmm. Boom. You know, we'd go out, we'd, we'd find someone who had pavers, and we'd sell them pavers. There's one deal where the guy needed palm trees. So I literally went out to the desert, found a bunch of palm trees, and, you know, got <laughs> rented a crane. <laughs> Dude, I was out there on the guy's job delivering, the, and I'd never done this before, right? But it was like a lot of money. Like, I think he needed like, 30 or 40 palm trees and we were going to profit like a thousand to 1200 bucks a palm tree. And it was like, and, and my business, I needed to sell like at least 200,000 a month, like to break even. That was my break even point um, because of our overhead in sales. And so, yeah, so I was out there and I was, (laughs) I was selling trees, dude, people would come in and they're like, Oh, you're redoing a kitchen. It's like, they would go to home Depot, but all right, give me the, the schematic. And you know, then I would, I had these Chinese guys in LA that I would visit. Dude, the story go, gets crazier and crazier. Dude, I would go up to LA. This story you know when you worked for Pablo Escobar or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's like the one who flying, dug the tunnel. Flying containers just over from Mexico or something. Dude, it, it was like, well, it's like when people talk about hustle, it's like you have to like make things. Dude, I would literally go to LA and I would sit in these guys' shops because they would import like these amazing full wood, beautiful cabinets for cheap. So I would sit in there and have tea with them. And dude, I really got into some Chinese medicine during that time. (laughs) Very different kind of stuff. But it was, it was, (laughs) so, but it was like, so I'd make these deals where they would give me a schematic. I'd give it to these Chinese guys and they would get me, you know, and so we would, so what I was doing was I was keeping the revenue up. And even though the stone sales were going down, we were still making money. And then we sold it like right in 2008. Literally, dude, I swear, like we had this guy on the hook to buy it. And it wasn't, but a couple of months later when the whole banking thing collapsed and that loan wouldn't have went through. And, you know, we got out of, I think we sold it for around, I don't know, just under $2 million, which at the time was, you know, fantastic for us. Like it was a you know, and then from there, I went into uh, seeing that the market was collapsing, crashing. I got in touch with a bunch of banks and I, you know, I started rehabbing houses and doing foreclosure cleanup for the banks. And um, I think we had about 30 people working for us at the height of it. Um, so here's what I don't understand. Like, I don't have any idea how you got into SEO with all of this. <laughs> it's like, well, I stole all the palm trees in San Diego. I had to do something different. <laughs> yeah, nobody would let me rent a crane anymore. <laughs> so so here's what happened from there. Um, I had this business. Now, uh, you know, like, I guess if you ever had a business that's really rolling and you have a lot of overhead and things start slowing down, the hardest thing is to cut people, right? And then, and like, so you're trying to hold on. So what happened was I, I hit the peak of this property preservation, but then it, it, the whole thing starts slowing down, right? Because people started not getting foreclosed and all that stuff. So it was hurting my business. And I didn't, 
slow it down fast enough. And so I had that. So I had a couple of things hit at once. I had that. I had a lot of houses that I was carrying in Texas and other others that were, I was in really bad loans. It's a long story. Anyway, it was like a lot of things came due at once. And then I had, I was very leveraged in um, some stocks and some other stuff that every, everything kind of hit at once and I lost all my money, right? Basically, I remember it, dude, I remember it clear as day is I was sitting on my couch at the time I had, you know, uh, three very small kids, right? Four, two, and a newborn. And I was watching TV, my kids, the TV show, and I was just sitting there and I was like, what the, you know, like I had nothing. And, and growing up, you know, my dad was in construction and he always was like, we would have a lot of money or no money, a lot of money and no money. And from when I was a very young age, I was so afraid not having money and not being able to provide for my family that I worked like I had so many angles not for that to happen. I mean, I had money in a bank, I had money under my mattress, I had money and like I had money everywhere. And like, and at that point, it was all gone. And my biggest fear had happened, and I was mm. paralyzed. I was so paralyzed when I was sitting there. My wife, she like, she didn't know what to like. She's never seen me like that because I always had an answer. I always was hustling. And she's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I have no idea. And she was like, she, you know, she did, you know, it shocked her. And she, like, this was probably the lowest point in my life is she actually came home one day and uh, gave me an application to Home Depot. She's like, well, why don't you get a job at Home Depot? And I was like, you know, like I used to hire people at MBAs, like, like, I'm like, what, what am I going to make? 500 bucks. I'm, like, that's not going to do anything. And I thought, man, you know, I got to do something. And, um, and it wasn't that my wife didn't have confidence in me. It's like, she just didn't know what to do. Cause she's never seen me hmm. not have an answer. So it's almost like, um, like you're stuck in mud, right? Like you're stuck, hmm. like you're not going to run. Like I'm, from that point, I'm not going to run. I got the answer. Like you have to move like real just move, just do something. So my, I, you know, I had a friend who had like contacts with the government, right? So he's like, well, I have these kitchens that you could set up on these bases, you know, across the world. So I'm like, fine, let me, you know, I've never done it before, but so I would do like, I'd leave for a week or two and make 10 grand, right. And set this up. And so I was doing that, having money come in. And then another friend of mine who was also an entrepreneur, he got a job at IBM because his brother-in-law worked there. He's like, I can get you a job working some computer. It doesn't even matter. You don't know what you're doing. You make a hundred grand a year. And he's like, I'm going <laughs> to do it. That sounds good. <laughs> you, don't know anything. you make it. They'll pay you a hundred grand. <laughs> it, it, it literally was like, he's like, you sit in front of the computer and he's like, you just have to move to Phoenix. I was like, and I calculated, I'm like, dude, if I do that, I'm getting up at six, I'm getting there by seven, getting home at five. Yeah. I get a couple of weeks vacation a year. But my whole life is done is for this to make net six grand a month. And, you know, I, I couldn't do that. So what I did was is I I just took kind of like what I knew about marketing and I just started researching on like make money online, make money online, make money online. And I was and I and I've been looking I was looking into this even when I had my granite business, like you know, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I probably bought a couple of Dean's courses, you know. <laughs> you know That's when the downturn happened, right? <laughs> yeah, he bought them through your Chinese affiliates that were in LA. <laughs> That's right. But, 
but I was just trying to make some work like affiliate marketing and YouTube. Like I was doing YouTube videos back in, in 2010. It's like, like I was just trying to make something work and I wasn't really having tons of success, but it was like when I, when I had money, like I could work on that because, um, because I had money, I didn't need to make it work. When I didn't have money, it was actually harder to focus on that because there was panic, like I was panicked. Um, and then what happened, there was a, a course came out and they talked about doing marketing for local businesses. And um, I had a friend who had a mechanic shop and I said, hey man, let me do this website for you. And at that time, dude, SEO was so easy. I'm like, let me rank this. And he's like, okay. And I did it and it worked and his phone started ringing. And, you know, and then I just went out from there and I just started hitting businesses. And what I did was, is, is I am not, um, a great salesman. I'm actually an introvert, right? Like if you meet me, I, I'm not going to have much to conversate about if I don't know you. It's just, just the way I am. This is the most I've ever heard Joe talk. Actually. <laughs> I didn't even know he was vocal until the show. <laughs> but, but what I did was it's like, um, I had to make it work, right? Like I had to make this work, right? Cause I didn't, my whole goal was I wanted to be around for my kids as much as possible. And I didn't want to be traveling like all over doing these kitchens, you know, for the government or whatever. Like, I needed something where I was going to be there and I didn't want to work for somebody. So I did, I went to every network meeting that, that I could in San Diego. So like five days a week, I was going to chambers, network meetings, BNI, I was going everywhere. And, um, at first, like I could, I, it was very hard for me to interact. I just came up with this system where as when I would meet people, all I would do is ask them questions, right? What do you do? You know, what do you like about that? Why, why, you know, oh, what, do you what, know where I can find palm trees? <laughs> 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 Did you really, do you really know what happened on 9 11? <laughs> that's, that's a conversation. But, but, and I felt like once I asked people about them themselves, they just started talking and the conversation flowed and it was like I was their best buddy. And so I would just have these, I would never sell anything. I would never even offer my services. I would just always set up another another conversation, another meeting, another meeting. So I just kept hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And dude, I probably got like, uh, you know, I don't even know how many no's, right? Or I, I set up meetings and pitched and got like, like probably 20, 30 no's, right? Before I even got a yes. I mean, like I just kept going, going, going. And my first deal was actually a guy who said no. And then I was like, and there's, you know, we went through the whole thing. He said no because my pitch was too long. I confused him. And then it's like I, he had a video. And I'm like, well, hell, I just took his video. I ranked it on page one. And I'm like, dude, I just ranked your video on page one. And I'm like, here's the deal is I um, either, you know, we can do some business or I can take that spot and I could put you, put your competitor there. I got two other guys on the line right now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Nice. There we go. And, Classic and so SEO he, blackmail. I like it. <laughs> you want to ever see page one again, you better. <laughs> I don't even like your competitor, but they will beat you. <laughs> That's right. They took me to a vineyard in Italy last week. <laughs> and, and dude, and so that was it, man. That was the start. And then from there... It gave me the confidence, right? To just, and I just went out. And I think, like, after that, I, I closed like a hundred grand in sales in like 
less than 60 days. And right? that's when you started your first info product, blackmail <laughs> SEO marketing. But I mean, I mean, that's the start of how I got into it. And then from there, you know, I started doing more affiliate stuff and then got on info products and software and other stuff. But it's like, I guess it's basically like, dude, I just kind of like, I wouldn't give up, right? Like I was a dog with a bone. And so I just kept hitting it. And then that's amazing. I think, you know, I think that's the, uh, that's the thing a lot of people on the outside of being an entrepreneur don't see is all of that struggle and the, the ups and the downs and the, and the resourcefulness, right? Like, I think that's one of the things about entrepreneurs is maybe they don't always have resources, but you got to be resourceful, right? right? And you got to be like, well, what do I have? What can I work with? Right. And what am I unwilling to compromise on? I think that's, uh, Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I'd actually never heard most of that story, especially about the palm tree situation. Was, <laughs> right. <laughs> I actually, uh, we're actually thinking about getting palm trees. I don't know if you can help me with that. But <laughs> oh, I can. <laughs> you, you have obviously, you know, a ton of experience trying to figure out these problems and things like that. And that, and you've, you got this theory that I think you want to share with us, right? Which is about, you know, thinking outside the box, but how, like how to actually like be more creative as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So like, all right. So one of the things I do is I do, you know, we do have like a, uh, a community, right? A course where, you know, I, I work and mentor like a lot, like over like th- a couple thousand people, like I've personally worked with. And I've seen, I've kind of seen a pattern that happens with a lot of people. And, and I call it like, so there's the whole, whole, Saying like, hey, man, you have to think outside the box, right? And then to be an entrepreneur, you have to think outside the box. And I think that that term is a little bit um, misunderstood. And so he, here's my big theory, right? And, um, I don't, have, like, I, don't, I don't feel like I have a good drum roll. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel where, like things are about to get very interesting. I, I thought you had like a thing where you can do like little little... I, I do, but I yeah. look. All right, I don't have a drum roll, but I do have Chewbacca. He'll weigh about, in first. Joe's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the biggest theory of my life, and you drop that crap. <laughs> I was thinking I like fireworks <laughs> or like a woohoo or something. I don't know. Something like you can't handle the truth. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. that's, that's it off. That's, that's it off. All right, all right. So here's my here, here's my theory. Either it's going to be great, or like people are just going to tune out, right? And they're going <laughs> to. I think we might have lost the listeners actually at the Italian glue stage of this show. But we lost okay. one family because they just realized in 2007 you're the dude that nicked all their palm trees. <laughs> yeah, that's right. already out of it. Gone. <laughs> I've been wondering for years where did my palm trees go? <laughs> uh, all right, so he- here we go. All right, so here here's my theory. Right, when you go to school, right, the first thing. What's the first thing? Well, the first thing that happens, like as soon as you can walk, talk, eat kind of, you know, wipe your butt, everything by yourself. The first thing that happens is they, people send you to school, right? Your parents, you go to school. And the first thing they do when you get to school is they hand you the box and they tell you, okay, get in the box. Now, when you're in this box, here's, here's how you're going to succeed in life in the box. If you can stick to the rules, to the parameters laid out in the box, you're going to succeed. Meaning if you can, memorize things. If you can 
repeat information back to me, right? Then, then you're going to succeed. So if someone's, um, good at memorizing, good at, at, at reading and things like that, they're going to do really, really well, opposed to someone who maybe isn't good at that stuff. So me growing up, I had dyslexia, right? So I was terrible in school and it wasn't because I didn't try harder. Like I tried really hard. Like I would stay up late. I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, because I couldn't fit in the box. I couldn't work within those parameters. And so I think for me, like when I graduated and when I went on my journey, like instead of saying, okay, one plus two always equals three or whatever, right? I don't know if that's a good analogy, but it's like I figured, okay, to get the three, there's like 10 different ways and there's like a hundred ways I don't know about. So it's like I wasn't stuck to that, those rules. So I could think outside. I could think in different ways. And like this whole box there is what happens is, is from school, you go to college. What happens? Same thing, right? You, 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 you follow these set of rules. You're going to succeed. And the whole thing is set up with a, um, work reward system. Work like a comp. Just get an A, you know, do this, do good and test, you get an A. That's a reward. So every time you get that A, you get that B, like you get this endorphin rush, you get this feeling of like, oh, I actually did something, I actually accomplished something. So- <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and then, and then, so you go from school, you go to college. And then what happens after you graduate college? You get a job, right? So what happens in the job? Well, it's the same as, kind of like school, right? School's set up just like a workplace. You get up in the morning, you get your your break, you get your lunch, you know, and then you leave and you have that same reward system. You work all day, you get that check, you know, at the end of the week. So you expect that check at the end of the week. And so you get, you live your life like set in these set parameters that, that happen in school all the way up until what everyone looks forward to, what everyone looks forward, you know, for what everyone's preparing for is retirement. So then you leave your whole life in this box, you retire, and that's where you're going to fulfill all your hopes, dreams. You can travel the world. You can do all this stuff, right? But what ends up happening is, is if you even make it that long, you know, maybe you're going to, you don't have that long to live, or maybe you're working at McDonald's because you didn't, you didn't do it right, right? So the, the whole thing is, is that you can't just, um, you know, how do you leave that box where you have to recognize that you're in it? So like when I deal with a lot of people is they want to make money online, but they stick to this parameter. They're like, okay, I have to do this just perfectly. Like I have, like, where's the golden ticket? Where's that secret sauce? Where's that special thing that's going to take me over the edge? And what they don't understand is there's no special thing. It's like, you just have to work Harder. And then what I see people do is that they're in this box or in this mindset. And so I can get them out of the mindset to the to the point where I'm like, listen, you don't want a day job. You want to be able to to work on your own. You want the freedom. So like, yes, I want the freedom. Whoops. So excited <laughs> to hit my mic. Um, yes, I want the freedom. You're out of control in the studio where Joe is. <laughs> like, like I, I want the freedom. I want all this stuff. And so what they end up doing is they go from that and then they go into this bigger box where now their sites are bigger. And, and they could see a bigger picture, but they still have these limiting beliefs. They still have this, these limits about what the world is, what they could accomplish and what they have to do to get things done. And really to make it, you don't have to be smart. You don't even have to have 
the exact pathway, right? Like, cause what works for me isn't going to work for someone else. Like, that's why when people say, Hey man, I'm going to give you my sales script exactly what to say. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. Just take this and it's going to work. People take that do exactly what this guy says. It doesn't work because what they're, they're trained to do is not think for themselves. They're not trained to problem solve. They're trained to work in the box. Give me the exact parameters. I'm going to do this. And, and then if it doesn't work, then it, then I'm going to try something else and do that because that has to work. Right. So it, it's like, but what you have to do is, like I said, like burn the box and just say, listen, what am I doing? Okay. I want to make money. I want to get sales. Let me just go at it and, and try these different things and, and work with it until I solve the problem. And, um, you know, and that, and that's it. Like, that's really, it is like, you have to burn the limitations and say, listen, I don't care about the, and the whole thing with the whole like reward system is an entrepreneur dude has to work, 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 and then have the big reward at the end. And I think people sometimes look at it like, I need the reward right now. Like I did this. Why am I not making money? Why am I not making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month? Why am I not making $10,000 a month? I've been doing this for like two months. It's like, mm. no, you have to like work, work, hit it. And that's like, even the story I told, it's like, dude, do you know how many butt clinching moments I had in my life? Like where I'm like, oh, is this <laughs> right. Like everyone's had it. Like you have to like work, work, work. And then you have this big reward at the end. But it's like you can't do that if you're if you're expecting a reward for everything you do or think that just because you're following these steps that you're going to make money or get paid. Right. Because like when you're a kid, yeah, you worked, you got an A, you worked at your job, you got a check. But as an entrepreneur, you could work your ass off and not make any money. So it's like it's like you have to, you know, it's more than that. So I think it's I think it's the difference between being. uh like outcome focused and then focusing on just following somebody else's script, right? Like you said, you've got, you've got to know where you're going and you got to be flexible enough to try different things to help you get there. And it's this interesting balance between sticking with something long enough to get a result versus being impatient and giving up too quickly, even though that thing could produce a result. And I also think think we're like, we're like conditioned. Well, certainly like, like people that say working in corporate jobs or whatever, like any of the crappy jobs that I had earlier on in my life, like you didn't really need to, or wasn't even encouraged to think for yourself. (laughs) It was like, no, you do it our way, this way. And that's it. And so like a lot of people I think are squeezed into a box or forced into one deliberately. And they struggle, I think, to, to break that down when they start being an entrepreneur and running their own business. I think a lot of people struggle that way. I think for me, actually, like, you know, you know, that, uh, that Chris Farley uh, was in Tommy Boy where he put on that little jacket and it like ripped. It was like fat man in a little coat. I don't know if you guys know that scene. <laughs> That's the way I felt in my corporate job. Like I did want to think. And I was like, what, what's up with the rest of you? Like, why doesn't anybody want to think around here? <laughs> and, and no, we're not going to think. And, and so like for me, leaving was the, the biggest reason. Like if I could be totally honest, the biggest reason why I left because I had an amazing corporate job. A um, couple of them. I left because I wanted to think. I was like, I'm not okay telling me people for people telling me what to think. <laughs> like that's very uncomfortable for me. So I think what you're talking about here, Joe, is because you was allowed to think. <laughs> <laughs> what? I say now we're all suffering because you've been thinking. 
Yeah, there's consequences to everything. (laughs) (laughs) One of my mentors said, all of my problems have been a result of my greatest ideas. (laughs) That's probably pretty true. Yeah. So, uh, so Joe, when you're, when you're like trying to help people figure out how to make money, you know, where, like, where do you begin? I'm, I, I think what it is, is it's, it really is a mindset and, and like I said, it's not everyone, but I find like you, like you said, like if you're squeezing that box and that thinking, it's like it's you have to almost learn a new language, mm. and you have to look a new way to look at things, look at problems, look at life, and then look at your goals. And um, and and I and like I said, I don't think it's everyone, but I think like when you're in that situation, like it's just natural. Like this is how you've been trained. So it's like, I try to get them to think, you know, just, you know, take action. Like the biggest thing I say is like, take action, take imperfect, massive action. Like, like people will say to me like, oh man, you're, you're lucky this and that. It's like, no man. It's like, I like, it's like, like take that action. I remember talking to one guy and he was, came from a, uh, I guess a well-off family and he went to like Harvard or something. I don't know where he went, some Ivy league college. And he's like, listen, you know, he's like, you have an advantage over me because you, you had a struggle and, 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 you know, I don't have that in me. And I'm like, that's not, that's just like, that's your false belief. Mm -hmm. I said, you're, you're, you're more, you have more knowledge than I do. You probably have a higher IQ than I do. You're smarter than me. Maybe, maybe not, but it's like, you have, you have accomplished things in your life. I said, but you believe that you needed that you need this struggle to make it as an entrepreneur, but all you need to do is get out there, be vulnerable and take a risk. And I think people are afraid of taking that risk. Like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And it's like, yeah, well, what if it actually works? And it's like, right. And that's the thing. It's like, it will work if you work at it. So it's like, that's what I try to get them to do. Like, so what we do is we show a lot of people how to have their own marketing agency, right. And, you know, start and teaching them the technical stuff is easy, right. SEO, how to actually do get the work done, like to do the, the technical work, they get it right. Cause it's just following steps, but then to get them to go out and actually get the client, start the agency, that's where it's more like, hey, man, you have to go out. You have to get no's. Dude, like when I tell you I got 30 no's, like who's going to go out and the average person and and spend all this time at these meetings and, and network events and go in front of people and just get no after no? I mean, you feel like a total freaking loser because it's like, like I don't like, you know, and I'm listening to books. I'm trying to until you get that breakthrough. And what I try to get them to focus on is the breakthrough. It's like, okay. When you get this breakthrough, then everything falls in line. And it, it's like when I had that breakthrough, I did a hundred grand, right? I didn't do a hundred grand before then, but, and it may seem like, oh, you did a hundred, but a hundred thousand in a month, but no, they didn't, there was a whole year of prep that took me to that point and it's not giving up. So I, I think that's where I try to start them down the line is that kind of mindset. Hmm. Well, there's, um, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but there's a, there's a Latin phrase. I think it's called amor fiti. Um, it means like love, like play the hand you were dealt like it's the one that you wanted. And I think that's really um, like I have a little coin that I keep in my pocket that says that on it. Um, and uh, it's it's so important to remember, like, you know, your Harvard guy or whoever he was that you were talking about. He's like, oh, well, you know, 
you have more advantages for this reason. And you're like, well, you have more advantages for this reason, right? And everybody's got all these different set of circumstances and, and, and beliefs and, you know, ways of seeing the world. And we all have these different strengths and advantages and, and, and disadvantages as well. And when we try to like think, when we try to compare ourselves to the other people that are doing things, like we really trip ourselves up and we do ourselves a big disservice because we're not leveraging what we have. Like the only way that you make progress, like the the true, like in my mind, the true mark of somebody who's resourceful is they're not looking at what's out there. They're looking at, well, like what can I do with what I have right now? Mm. You know what I mean? And that's a that's that's a way that you can move mountains if you're constantly thinking like that. And I think if you know if I'm hearing you right, like that's that's the first thing that you're working with on people with people when they want to make money because it's not really like the mechanics of making money are all that difficult it's getting it's untraining your mind mm. to think that you have to do it in a certain way yeah no exactly exactly and it's it's like taking like steps it's like i think the biggest thing too is like not expecting it all to happen it's like you have to you have to start and you have to move. Like, and it's like when I was saying I was stuck in that mud, right? Like when I was sitting on my couch, I had no idea what I was going to do, right? If I was like, I got to make 10 grand a month right now. Like, no, it's like, I, I knew that what I had to do was I had to move. I had to move and I had to move another step. I had to take another step. And some of those steps, maybe I fell down, but I had to keep moving before I could run. And I think because like I've been through so many of those situations in my life. Like I could see people and I can see like, yeah, you need to just walk, just do it. Just go, just move forward, move forward, move forward and not be like, oh, it's not happening this second. Right. Like it's like you got to keep moving forward towards, towards it. And like, and it's like, like yeah, like for example, like I've been uh, in it's, I've made it no secret on the show. Like I've been actively looking for a new podcast co-host. <laughs> right. You know, um, but it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, anyway, um, Joe, this is uh, this has been a this has been a hell of a conversation, man. Right? I feel like we've covered a lot of ground, um, Dean. Between uh, the Chinese guys in LA, the palm trees in the <laughs> desert, burning the box that you were educated to be inside of. What what is your take on this show as we wrap things up? I have no idea what just happened. no you know what this is um i knew we were in for a good show but this has been intriguing i think would be the uh the the applicable word here but like so interesting to hear all of this like like that's one of the things I, i think sometimes on our show like we you know we love to find out the background of people but a lot of times people are just like oh yeah this happened but like, I, I think we really got to it. Like we've spent some good time together, you know, when we've been at events and things, I didn't know any of this stuff, but it's been, it's been epic. And I think that like, I think the subject that we just sort of, uh, been sort of ending up on there, like when, when you asked the question, James, like, how do you get people started when you're, you're helping people? Like, I love that you, you, you focused in that area. Cause this is something that like we personally are preaching constantly all the time with our guys. Cause you know, as you guys will know, like we do a lot of sort of dumb for you stuff. And we, we constantly say, look, if you have, we've got like a thousand people that all have access to the same information, the same resources, the same assets. Like there, like there's a, there's a reason some people succeed and some people don't. And you can't blame lack of ability or lack of access to things or lack of resource or opportunity. Like 
it's always the person. Like we say it all the time, it's always the mindset or the behaviors of the person, you know, and I see that as the differentiator constantly. So yeah, I think that was just gold just to, just to highlight that. And like, I don't know what you feel, Joe, but we actually, uh, it might be different for you guys with who you work with, but what we find that the, the difficulty is like it, the mindset stuff, what we always perceive or the barriers we run up against is actually the last thing people want to focus on. It's like, they, they don't want to hear that stuff. It's like, but it's like, you will not make it if you don't take this in, if you don't develop in this area. But we always just find this constant battle because everyone was just wants the strategy, the, the tactic, the secrets, you know, what's the secret? How did you do it? Well, I became the person that could achieve it first. You know, so I yeah, think that's, that's all. That's it right there. Like you cannot, you cannot get the results that you want or sustain them for any significant period of time if you are not the person capable of creating those results. Right. Like the results are an, are, a, are a consequence of becoming the person who can create them. Definitely. Definitely. And I think like that, that to me has always been, I, I even have to, you know, still to this day, like I'm always reminding myself of these facts as well. Cause sometimes, you know, like we're all always learning new things and I'm sure for all of our businesses, we often venture into things we've, we've not necessarily conquered before. And it's like, okay, who do I need to become like, and who do I need to learn from to do this thing? I just, you know, I hope like anyone listening just grabs onto that piece. Cause I think it's just, I think it's the missed part that people don't want to do, but they have to do. Yeah. I think too, it's like, it's like, it's the risk, right? Like I find that people, and I even found this with myself, right? Before I was backed in a corner, it's really easy to just learn, learn, mm. learn. Like they want to learn and they, like you could just get addicted to learning right. because when you take the action, there's a risk. Right. You might fail. So they don't want to take that risk. Like I was doing a webinar series once, right? On, and I had a guy on as a guest for like four episodes or whatever. And he was an expert at video market, like selling video marketing to businesses. Right. And he laid out his whole strategy. He gave people everything. Like, and so one guy gets on and he's like, Hey, Hey, the guy's name was Owen, right? Hey, Owen, I took your strategy and I, you know, I got a client. I made five grand and it was like, Woo, everybody was celebrating immediately in the comments. I'm not kidding you. There's probably like three or four people that were like, Hey, what did he do? What did he do? What did he asking the guy what he did? And I'm like, dude, we just spent like four weeks showing you what to do. All he did was take action. Like, why are you asking him? And I think it's the mentality. Like there's this secret that I'm going to get. That's going to give it to me. Yeah. And it's not, it's just got to go on and do it. Right? Well, I have a, just a real current example. I've got, you know, um, I think I've gotten really, really good about screening out clients who don't take action and don't do what you tell them they need to do because getting results really is what's fun for like a coach or a consultant, right? Like if you're not, your people aren't doing it, it's like, ah, man, it's kind of boring. Right. But I have one client and through, uh, through the course of this year, she's tripled her business from 1 million to 3 million. And then I have another one who we've been working with on a on a deeper, more intense level, and like she's not making as fast a progress. And she's like, "Oh, it's because of you guys." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's it's because you don't actually do what I tell you to do." <laughs> you know, to be I fair, I blame once. you as well. I, I I I'm I'm on her side. Like I totally think no, I know you, you are. I, I I'm not surprised to hear that. <laughs> and uh, and and I remember years ago I was on a coaching call with somebody and um. 
they were like, well, I'm not making money yet. And I was like, all right, well, let's take, let's take a look at it. Like, what, did you do this? No. What about this? No. This? Well, I kind of did. Well, did you really do it? No. <laughs> and it was like five things back to back. And I was like, you know why you're not making money? Because you haven't done any of the shit I've been telling you to do. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. And, and, and it seems crazy to spend money and to hire somebody to tell you how to make money and tell you what to do and then not listen. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. like grow up and do what you like. If you really want to do, if you really want what you say you want, do what it requires to get. Yeah. What's Period your secret? I did the work. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Yeah. No, no, the I other secret. The <laughs> yeah, the other secret is I use Q-tips and I clean the <laughs> shit out of my ears and listen. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Anyway, uh, Joe, this is this has been amazing, man. We got to wrap it up here, but I think uh, you know Dean hit on this: the story and the struggle. Like I felt like I was on that roller coaster with you. Like I saw you sweating in the desert, <laughs> operating that crane, getting those palm trees out, and and if that's not like honestly, you know, if that's not a demonstration of resourcefulness, right? I have no idea what is, and yeah. uh, and so I, you know, I've got. Uh, you know, tremendous amount of respect for what you guys do with, you know, all the search engine stuff. And I know we didn't talk about any tactics there today, but I think what we did talk about was far more important mm. because this is so fundamental. Like if your mind's not right, the rest of it just isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so thank you for being here, Dean. Thank you for being here, at least until I find a replacement for you. <laughs> yeah. My um, days are numbered. Or, My days are numbered. I'm taking every, every yeah, bit I can. I, I sent an application. Yeah, I um, think you might be yeah. considered, Joe. I really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, I'm going to put it before the review board of all the people that I have here in my studio. Yeah, I'm just going to turn around, change my hat, and then I'm, I'm in a different role. Anyway, uh, I could continue talking with you guys for far too long, um, but we got to wrap this thing up. To all of our listeners, thank you guys for uh, for tuning in to this episode today. Seriously, uh, please take this stuff into consideration. Like this does not change. No matter what level of success you get in your business, if you want to get to the next level, you have to think like the person who is at that next level. Like it doesn't ever end. This is a fundamental that you've got to continue practice over and over and over. And Joe, I really appreciate you bringing that to our attention with an amazing story today. So thanks so much for being here. Dean, thank you as always. And we're going to wrap this thing up. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.